But then, let's be one o'clock, shall we? Oh, start off strong. We are, yeah. we are starting off on a on a strong note today, Ben. We have to be on the clock. Mm. Yeah. Let me see you do that pose. You gotta do the pose, oh. Ben. Oh man. Is that good? So good angle. Better. That was really, really good. Really, really I've, good. I've I'm been practicing. You. Thank you. Thank you. I I can tell. I don't know why you are, but I can tell. So Ben, we have to rewind the clock back. Not to twenty eighteen. We'll get there. But four years before that, two thousand fourteen. Marvel announced this little uh they had this surprise little event, Ben, uh-huh. in 2014, uh, where they invited a bunch of members from the press to sit down and take a look at Marvel's upcoming slate. It was a wonderful day, Ben, because I may or may not have skipped class my freshman year to just stay on YouTube and figure out what was going on. Wow. I'll, I'll let you and my professors, ex-professors, decide whether I skipped class or not. So, Okay. My parents will listen, so it's okay. Look, I got my diploma. I'm good. Um, <laughs> they announced, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier. No, 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 this was after that. This was, yeah, like Guardians through or Guardians Two, uh, Age of Ultron. They showed the trailer, uh, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. When the Inhumans was supposed to be a movie and not a terrible ABC uh, uh, show. Mm-hmm. And then, then they did the thing. They announced their big kahuna avengers infinity war Ooh. part one of course now it's just avengers infinity war but it was like right. part one and avengers infinity war part two and then they did a little switcheroo they they announced captain america society and instead of that was captain america civil war which was the biggest mic drop of the day because then chavik boseman came on stage and yeah announced himself as black panther and the rest was history i mean mm-hmm. i passed out who knows I'll let the EMTs let you know on that. But, Ben, Avengers Infinity War, can you say what might have been the most anticipated movie of all time? Up there. Right up there. Yeah, yeah, right up there. And right up there. The hype was so real, Ben, I couldn't sleep for months. <laughs> I didn't know every single little detail I could find. I was reading magazines. I don't even like magazines. I was fine. I was getting magazines and like Empire and Variety every time they would talk about Infinity War. And then two weeks after Thor Ragnarok came out, Ben, that first trailer dropped for Avengers Infinity War. And it was actually no before that the Comic Con trailer leaked. And I saw that before mm. that was pulled out from YouTube. And that trailer was glorious. I wish I was at Hall H to see that trailer. It's full HD glory, but hey, you know, I'll take a leak. I'll take a leak trailer every now and then, Ben. Sure. But yeah, the trailers, the marketing. I mean, the hype was insane, Ben. Yep. The hype was insane because the, the Russos and Marvel, they did it. They did it right. They let you know a little bit about the story, but they didn't really tell you what it was about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This and Endgame are two of the best marketing, uh, marketing strategies I've seen for, 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 a, for an MCU film, I think. Because they, they, they still get you excited, but they don't really tell you what the movie's about. Yeah, it's sort of hurting them now, Ben. Uh, I don't know why they think that they can apply that same strategy to every single movie, but uh, you know, it's a conversation for next week when we talk more about the MCU. But um, <laughs> yeah, Ben, it's—I I mean, Infinity War, Ben, was just—it's—it was the the lead up to that was insane. I mean, just talking about it, referring to just getting just getting prepared, getting long queues, trying to get tickets online. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had never seen anything like it. Seriously. Yep. So we are here to test. We are now here to talk about the movie five years later and how it stands today. 
versus how we felt about it before. Um, but Ben, we're not alone today, are we? No, we are not. Would you like to introduce our esteemed esteemed panel? Why, Mr. yes. Saunders. Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Liptrot. So we have uh, joining us yet again from There Was an Idea podcast, our good friend TK. How are you doing today? Hello, I am excited to talk about Infinity War in all of its glory, all of its relation to what came before it and what has come since. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to a, a great conversation here tonight with you guys. Yes, indeed. And our second guest joining us, our other good friend, Shane. How are you doing today? I always find his way back on here. <laughs> you keep inviting me, even after you threaten not to. And I'm going to do my best to not derail this podcast with just impressions. But <laughs> there's probably going to be a couple of Josh Brolin ones. I'm warning you now. Good, good, good. I that's the only reason why I bought you one here, Shane. <laughs> you know why you're such a bad liar? I never taught you. That's why I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Damn, Shane. Chills. Ooh, ben, is that Ooh, fair to this room? Ooh. Ooh. All right. Is that a sign of things to come for the rest of the episode, Shane? I'm in. I'm. I'm quickly trying to remember as many quotes ready. as possible so that I could just slip them in into <laughs> random places. Just, I'm sure you can just go on Google. I think they're all on Google somewhere. So yeah. I could honestly just go on IMDb. Happy it's certain. like, how many quotes from Infinity War? <laughs> Thanos, 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 Thanos. One from Thor, Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. All right. And Thor's quotes even, bring me Thanos! So there you oh, go. Yeah. All comes back around. <laughs> so Shane, you have now. This is your second time on the MCU episode. You joined us a couple months ago for the Ant Man: The Wasp: Quantum Mania spoiler review. Yep. Um, so I'm going to let you go first here, uh, Shane. Your thoughts on Infinity War? You know, even before that, Shane, just kind of what was your anticipation going like going into the movie? I was so hyped for this. And I was definitely part of this group of people on a collapsed AMC app trying to get tickets the second that, that the tickets went on sale. Like, Why can't I get my tickets? It was a real struggle, Shane. It was a real yeah, struggle. it honestly was. I'm like, this is insane. Um, and it was one of those things where I watched so many different kinds of movies but nothing gets me more excited than a Marvel movie still at this point. Maybe if they come out with another Mad Max movie, that might be something different. But like, it's one of those kinds of things where this film was so anticipated because it brought everything together in a way that never happened before. It's just like, how do you rope in what 16, 17 movies up to that point? I don't know. There's so many projects at this point, um, but like, and getting to see all those characters on screen and just, I remember just at the end of that trailer where Thanos is like ripping in gauntlet, just like, and it puts a smile on my face and just like, that's me. I have a smile on my face right now. So I'm excited for this movie. 
So I I was just so hyped for this movie. And besides Endgame, I don't know when the last time I was that hyped for a movie. So there you go. What about you, TK? Where, where were you at? Were you like Shane? Were you like me? Were you like the non-MCU fans who didn't really care? <laughs> well, I actually am coming at this from a slightly different perspective because I was in a period of time five years ago that I had fallen off a little bit in the MCU. And so I was not up to date when Infinity War came out. And I had all of this sort of like envy for, <laughs> I, I was watching everything that was happening because I was always following what was going on with movies and pop culture. And I think the last one I had seen in the theater before Infinity War came out was Homecoming. I think I was caught up through Homecoming and hadn't gone back to it and kept, um, I had I had this like real kind of disciplined thing where I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to rewatch everything. I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to do it the right way and wasn't able to do it before um, while it was still in its first um, theatrical run. All of that being said, on my own time, when I got there later, I, this movie arriving at this movie was such a huge deal and um, uh, it did not disappoint. You know, I'll echo a lot of what Shane said about just that buildup and what felt at the time I mean, and is to this day, just an, an incredible feat in being able to balance all of these different characters and plot lines into a coherent story is just really, really remarkable. Um, and, and they did it in a way that felt so earned uh, right. You know, now when we think about, when we think about it, like these kinds of worlds, the, the, this, the, the world building, the interconnected universes are kind of like, a dime, or a dime a dozen out there right now that everybody is kind of trying to make something like this happen again. And we've just, I think, as viewers become increasingly frustrated that it's it's not happening in the same kind of magical way. Um, but this movie really set set the bar so high for that kind of thing and um, honored the the comic book genre in such a such a remarkable way. Um, I do have a question for Shane. Can you do an Ebony Maw impression? I have to try to remember anything that he said. Uh, <laughs> All right. It's, it's more, it's like, what is it like? It's a lot more high pitches. Like, you stand in front of your master Thanos. <laughs> and then you're like, wow, he's really cool. And then he dies very quickly. <laughs> you're just like, oh, he couldn't have stuck around a little bit longer. Because I remember a lot of people were hyping, like, wow, I would have actually liked to see him in like a Doctor Strange movie. And just like, well, we got a mini one, and then just like, let's move on with our lives. Uh, they they did the Black Order dirty, honestly. That's probably like the biggest thing about this movie that I would say negative wise is like, three out of four of them really didn't do anything of substance at all. Ebony Maul though, he took out Doctor Strange, so good for him. Uh, Shane, well, we're talking about there are no negatives with Avengers anymore. So. <laughs> oh my God, what did I say? Um, just kidding. Good shame. Good shame. You can come back next week. Okay. <laughs> that Spielberg spot is uh, no longer. Uh, I took it off the. I took. I, I made sure it was vacant. But now you redeemed yourself. So that's why it's yours again, Shane. That's why it's yours again. But don't make that mistake again. Anyway, Benjamin. So yes, how are you feeling about Infinity War? I'm feeling. Good. 
Five years ago. Yep. I mean, same as everyone. <laughs> <laughs> same as everyone uh, was was getting hyped and hyped. Um, yeah, talking talking to people at, at school about it and them getting hyped. And like you were saying, Shane, the AMC crash. I, I hadn't experienced anything like that before. Uh, I know what you're going to say, Rod. Hold yes. Up, hold up. Hold yes. up. Did I, you? Yes. Yes. I oh. did say AMC. Was, that was like the closest theater to uh, to school. And um, it is a good, good theater there. So <laughs> you muted yourself. Good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like, like you're saying that until um, in game, it was, you know, I, I'm about the same level of, of hypeness and getting almost a whole row, I think at the theater of us uh, together to see it. So, and so many moments clasping my uh the armrests and stuff and, and hitting my buddies on the shoulder and be like did you see that that was crazy um and it, it's it's cool because i rewatched it today and hadn't seen it in quite a while so reliving uh some of those moments kind of was was cool but yeah this is a uh oh heartbreak feels good in a place like this no it doesn't <laughs> Is uh, man, I am so proud of you. I have never been more proud of you than I am right now that you actually wanted the AMC website. Good, good. I'm so proud. <laughs> this is a Shane, you don't have any idea how, how glorious this moment is for me right now. I, I don't, I feel lost. But are you talking about AMC theaters? Theaters, yeah, <laughs> they do make movies better, they do a lot better. Love that code switching. Do you pronounce this the R? <laughs> Yeah, I notice it every time. Every time. I can't unhear it. I'm just like, you couldn't at least have a consistent accent through this whole entire ad. I have a lot of feelings about that ad. I'm gonna stop right now. AMC theaters where it's always a little bit rainy outside, so you can step directly into Hey, 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 TK, hey, TK. Now come on now. Come on now. It's been a minute. I took away all your strikes. Don't make, don't maybe put a strike back on there. Oh, the strikes. That's right. Shane, you're about to put give yourself a first strike too. You still have a clean record, Shane. I'm proud of you. As for that Benjamin kid down there, I, I <laughs> something else. I'll I'll watch it today. No, you won't. So let's go ahead and keep on going then, shall we? Yes. We talked about the hype going into the movie, but let's let's talk about the actual movie itself, shall we? I mean, that's why we're here, Benjamin. I guess, yeah, we can. Yeah. I mean, if you have time, I've got like five minutes. Yeah, yep. All right, good deal. Give or take. So, DK, I want to go back to you. How, what impressed you the most? Let's let's start with that. What impressed you the most? Because I was, I would talk about opening night, but you can, you can throw that in there with your, you know, with your impressions if you want to, but, you know, um, you know, talk about you know your, your yeah your open eye experience. Let's talk about what impressed you the most just about Infinity War the first time you saw it. So, dream team of writers and directors, right? Who I think deserve so much credit here: Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely and the Russo brothers. And man, what they came together to do here, just building upon the work that they'd previously done in the MCU, and also incorporating the sub worlds and the characters and the tones of the other people's work within the MCU is just really, really remarkable balancing act. 
um, one of the things that really struck me was not just how, so at this time, right, like 18 films in, you have your OG six Avengers, you have the characters who've, who've been there this whole time that we're so invested in. And this film not only is able to really honor their journeys as individuals and as a team of Avengers, but it integrates in the newer characters like Doctor Strange, like Black Panther, like Spider-Man. And it does so in a way that just feels so natural to the point where now, five years later, we think of those those three guys as being, you know, and Wanda and Vision as being like, you know, so, so central to the the earlier parts of, of the MCU. Um, and at the time, they they didn't have as much of the established cred as those original characters. Um, but what I think is incredibly impressive is the way that not only does it balance and introduce those characters now in context, meeting each other and meeting the other Avengers and the Guardians, but it also incorporates elements of the worlds that they're from. So we don't just have Stephen Strange, but we also have Wong and we see the Sanctum and we don't just have T'Challa, but Okoye is here and Shuri and M'Baku. And um, it's it's such a really awesome integration of these different worlds and the different tones, like the transitions from one section of the film into the next, who they chose to team up with each other. I'm sure we'll all kind of like talk more about that, but um, it just is such a, such a fantastic job. It never feels like it's out of tone or out of step when we see space on the screen and we get the pop music needle drop and the guardians are here. It doesn't feel like all of a sudden we're in a different film. And I think that that was or just a, a, a truly impressive feat done by, by that team of writers and directors. Well, Ben, I think we can just move on. She kind of wrapped it up, summed it up pretty, pretty nicely there. What do you think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was checking off on my notes as she, uh, yeah, she got everything took almost there. Yeah, everything I want to say. So I'm gonna just. We haven't fall. even talked about Call Obsidian really in detail yet. So I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Shay have that one. So yeah, <laughs> you know, Ben, I'm gonna just piggyback off what TK said though. Like, I think the most impressive thing is just the balancing act of not just characters, but tone when the guardians are on screen it feels like a guardians movie when tony's on screen it feels like you know an iron man kind of type film with with, with you know featuring uh the the greatest spider-man of all time peter parker or uh, tom holland's peter parker and you know and then you got added doctor strange to the mix and when cap's on screen with with his uh with his runaway avengers it feels like a captain america movie and then you know when you get black Panther, you know wakanda introduced it feels like black a black panther movie you know and so on and so forth but I think the most impressive thing for me is before this bed, before Infinity War, I should say, maybe the darkest MCU movie to date. I don't even know. Before, what was it considered? Maybe, I mean, Thor Ragnarok, in terms of plot, was pretty dark in terms of destruction of Asgard and Hela and all that. But we hadn't really had like a truly dark film in the MCU like this. Thor had a whole Dark World movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I was stuck in a dark place after that movie. So, the first five minutes alone, Ben, I I am still impressed of how good of a job they did with the introduction of Thanos in that movie. And look, Ben, I, I know you're a Dark Knight fan, I get it, but it reminded me so much of what they did with Joker and his introduction in that movie. Two different characters, I get it. Two different characters, two different types of introductions and what they're trying to do, but 
they let you know right off the bat, yeah, the Avengers are screwed. They have never, you know, this is this is not going to be your, you know, your Age of Ultron. You know, I'll let that movie but this is no Ultron. This is no Loki. This is a, this is a much more dangerous threat, and he's not screwing around, choking a living life out of Loki. Uh, five minutes in, killing Heimdall. I mean, goddamn shit, man. <laughs> kill kill two favorites mm-hmm. in the span of like six minutes, mm-hmm. and almost kill Thor. So, yeah. I, I I every time I go back to rewatch this week, which isn't often, then you know I, I revisit it, you know, once or twice, uh, once or twice a year, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. For thoughts and purposes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, every time I do go back and watch it, I just I I still get chills from that from that opening, you know, monologue by Thanos and just how much of a threatening. I mean, he kicks the living shit out of Hulk. Mm-hmm. That's without that's without the stones. I mean, he has the stones, but he's not using them. That's just brute. That's just pure brute Thanos strength. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, I don't know who can beat this guy. I'm gonna see myself out here, but I, yeah, Ben, I, I, I just I love that opening so much. So I'm gonna, you know, Ben, I'm gonna go to you next. What, what impressed you? All right. Well, um, I would say the the perfect balance as well as everything should be. Um, but as all things should be as all things should be um, especially with this movie structure and everything but yeah kind of piggybacking off what you said about Thanos um, we'd seen you know bits and pieces of him before in other films but it, it really felt like we got you know a backstory and of course the present day um, actions of this main villain and for him to technically win at the end it's just i don't know spoilers, it's just crazy ben. they oh sorry is it too soon spoilers spoilers <laughs> spoilers god well spoiler warning there um but yeah it's just crazy that they this whole new character pretty much introduced gave us the backstory and made us um you know question his motives and talk about his motives um but then understand what his motives are and, and the ending and everything uh, for all that to be in one movie while also being uh, catching up with all these other characters um, that, that we'd seen before. It's just, yeah, crazy how they, how they fit that all in. Um, and another thing too, watching today again was, I know it's a very, very expensive film. This and Endgame both were, but it, it still looks beautiful. Um, stuff on Vormir, even that, that beginning that you were talking about, um, gets you chills with the dialogue and everything, but I don't know, the, the light's flashing and it's following um, Ebony Maw up through all the, the destruction of the ship and everything. It's just there's there's a lot of long-held shots and CGI is great. All the makeup and everything's great. So, it, yeah, it's it's still a, a fantastic-looking film five years on. I, you know, I don't think cinematography, you know, makes or breaks a film then, but it's, you know... I agree with everything you just said there. Definitely and helps it, a lot. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. But you know, I'm not gonna, you know, say a movie's bad because oh, you know, the lighting and stuff was that, that's just that's just not me personally. Yeah. But um no, it definitely helps. Definitely helps a lot. Uh Bormir, I think about a lot, Ben, in terms of what you're what you're kinda of talking about. I mean, Bormir just looks beautiful. Uh so Shane, you've been kind of quiet. Share your thoughts. Wait my turn. Um 
I am actually one of those kinds of people that look at cinematography and I'm like, if this is bad, I'm not liking this. Um, and I know that's one of the biggest, um, biggest criticisms that a lot of the Marvel movies get is like it shot like a TV show. And like you watch the original Avengers now, I'm like, I definitely see that, honestly. But like this looks gorgeous. Like they really add a lot of texture. That opening scene is shot so well. Um, with the color and the lighting, and it just adds the menace that Thanos has. And I remember I didn't get to see this opening night, or even Friday, because none of the people that I was going to go see this with were free until Saturday. So I was avoiding things like the plague. Um, and I don't think the internet was as bad then. The internet has gotten so much worse in the past five years. I can't even watch Mandalorian at like four o'clock in the afternoon without somebody ruining everything. If Infinity uh, War come out this year, Shane, you wouldn't have made it. You wouldn't have made it this Saturday. No, no I uh, I didn't get to see Multiverse of Madness opening night and somebody ruined everything on YouTube by oh. nine o'clock the next morning. Oh. Um, terrible. Yeah. But I remember sitting and watching this with my brother, my air quotes, my other brother, John, and my sister-in-law and her sister. Now, I had seen every Avengers movie with my brother up until that point. And my other brother, John's a movie talker. He's very actively engaged with the movie at all times. And I'm pretty reserved watching movies. And at the end of that movie, I was just sitting there like mouth open, like, not being able to say anything. And my other brother, John, just turned to me. He's like, say something. <laughs> he was so upset that I was just like dumbfounded looking at the screen. Because that's the impact that this movie had. Because you've never seen anything like this in a comic book movie. Like, they gave you one of the most downer endings possible. And this is Marvel. This is supposed to be fun and hopeful. How dare you? Um, but it hits so hard. And, uh, you know, TK, you brought up the uh, needle drops earlier. I lost it when Rubber Band Man by the Spinners started playing, when they introduced the Guardians, because I'm a huge Motown fan. And the Rubber Band Man is actually one of my favorite songs. I did not expect that to be popping up. And them all singing to it and then group being a little jerk. Uh, it's like, oh, <laughs> such bad language for a teenager um but it is very true you could tell that they honored so many of these characters by the people that set the tone for them like they did right by john favreau with iron man they did right by they really did right by the guardians and james gunn because that that felt great and oh the the motion it's like I'm sorry, little one. And it just, I, because the relationship that I cared the most about in the MCU was Star-Lord and Gamora, and that messed me up. I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening. That moment where he's going to shoot her and just turn into bubbles, my stomach dropped. I'm just like, and I'm just like, no, this is not happening. And I have to say, though, that the Russo brothers and Marcus McFeely did right by Thor like nobody has done right by Thor. This 
if they won, this is Thor's movie. Um, and he was amazing. And Chris Hemsworth was amazing in this. And it's just like, but yeah, you did get beat by Thanos. Well, he's never beat me twice. Um, and just like that whole facade that he puts on, you can tell the emotions underneath that whole entire scene. And I have to say, you know, a movie is great when they make the trio of Thor, a talking tree and a raccoon better than the Justice League. And that was one of my favorite memes that came out of this movie was like, how do you do them better than having Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman in a movie together? It's true. And I want the adventures of Thor, Tree and Rabbit. And I want it right now. And we're never going to get it. And that makes me sad. Um, But Thor's journey in this is fantastic. The, the whole thing with Peter Dinklage being a giant dwarf was the funniest thing. And I loved E-Tree. I wish that he was in Thor Love and Thunder, but of course they cut him. Um, also, we're going to kill him. So maybe maybe he's not dead. Um, but just one, there's so many great lines in this movie, too. It's like, you're going to be taking on the brunt of a dying star, boy. It'll kill you only if I die. But that's what killing you means. <laughs> Just like, ah, Thor's great, but he's dumb. He'd be so dumb. And then that whole, before the portal scene in Endgame happened, I don't recall getting more chills than Forge. That And Alan Silvestri should have won an Oscar for either this or Endgame and screw all your people. Shane, can you repeat that one more time, please? I just need the people to hear just to hear that one more time. Alan Silvestri should have won an Oscar for how amazing the scores were in this and Endgame because that track is amazing. And that is the greatest superhero entrance into a scene ever when that Bifrost shoots down on Wakanda and Thor's just standing there and his biggest cheerleader, Bruce Banner, is like, ah, you're all in trouble now. And then Thor looked menacing and pissed off and badass in that scene. And when he's like, bring me Thanos! And he just bring, like kills probably like, 50 outriders all at once and just like that is a scary man and all of it works so well and just endlessly quotable with the whole i still laugh so hard every time dr strange is like who was your master it's like what do you you expect me to say jesus or something <laughs> that like and that's chris pratt at his bet like that was so funny and like where's gamora who is Gamora? Why is Gamora? <laughs> just that whole sequence was way funnier than it should or could have been. And then they still make it so great. And one of the best fights in any comic book movie is them trying to take down Thanos and Strange using all of his powers. And um, do I dare start this conversation? Who in here is a we blame? Star Lord for all of this camp. Wow, Rod's all alone. Rod raised his hand. Fuck Star Lord. But you know what? It had, it had to happen. It had to happen. It had to happen. I feel like he gets way too much hate when yeah. like at least five other people screwed up in this movie too. Well, look, 
what, 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 what's, I mean, if you really want to, you know, throw the blame game around here, you have to go to a couple movies back. If you really want to throw the blame game of why the Avengers lost, you have to go back to Civil War to really kind of get the brood of why why they lost. They have no one to blame but themselves. Okay. I was waiting for you to blame Cap, and then I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, it's it's both Tony and Cap's fault. At the end of the day, it's their fault. Well, Civil War was all their fault. So yes. Like, and there, there's enough blame to go around. But it was a perfect storm, and Thanos played them. And this, like, now I just want to go and watch this. <laughs> Getting all hyped. Why do you think I'm rushing you, Shane? Let's go. Pat, pick it up. Let's go. We got to pick up the pace here. <laughs> but I'll leave it. Like, this is so funny, perfectly paced. This movie moves like no other Marvel movie. And there's so much in it, and it nails so much of it. This is just such a thoroughly entertaining film that hits hard. There is emotion like we haven't felt in a Marvel movie up to this point. And I think that's one of the biggest accomplishments of this at Endgame is that it raised the emotional level of these films. And it paid off years of setup. And I think that's why the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars is not going to live up to this because there's just not enough time that was built up in between these like they they not only was the pacing of this movie great the pacing of building up to this was great it might have taken like 10 years but it was earned and it was worth it well to just kind of go back off what that let's just take that first we're gonna get another wave of marvel delays in a couple months shane it's it's happening they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna delay some stuff oh no doubt ben no doubt there's a reason all these Disney Plus shows are getting pushed back and delayed, and mm. I think uh, I think King Dynasty is going to get some. I think King Dynasty is going to get some serious rewrites. Um, and the new Kang, maybe. Yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts on that, but that's a conversation Awkward. for another time. Yeah, conversation for another time. But you know, let's talk about a movie that warrants our attention right now. And that's Infinity War. Shane, you said something that really kind of you know it struck me with just the humor and such a dark movie the humor is some of the best within the mcu i still think the funniest movie might be that first guardians movie i'm not sure or that or thor ragnarok one of those two but i I mean for as dark of a movie as this is when you pair people like tony peter and dr strange with the guard or half the guardians i mean that's a match made heaven and I think you said this too, Shane. The Russo's pay, you know, did such a great job of respecting the directors and, and or respecting, you know, Favreau in terms of what he did with Tony and keeping that same tone. And, and like, it's, this is almost, aside from it being a Thanos movie, this is kind of a Guardians 2.5. It's kind of a Guardians movie, as well as the second half of Thor Ragnarok a little bit, because this is also the continuation of Thor's journey too. Um, the OG six for the most part, for the most part, I mean, they spend a lot of time apart, actually. Um, they don't really come together again until the beginning of Endgame. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a lot of people's movies, but if you if you really had to buckle it down, I think it's really a Thanos, you know, Guardians Thor movie. And you're right, Shane, if Thanos had aim, or if Thor had aimed for the head, this would be a Thor movie. But we're not having that conversation because then we wouldn't have Endgame. So good job, Thor. I'm proud of you. Thanks for not aiming for the head. 
So no, you 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 uh yeah. I just wanted to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, Shane, because that that kind of what's you know stuck out to me the most too in terms of directors and respecting them for what they did with with the previous characters before. And Doctor Strange. I mean, we can kind of just, you know, kind of carry over to character MVPs now. There's a lot of character. I mean, there's a lot of Ben, there's a lot of trophies to be given out for this movie. Everyone does such a great job. I I like the Doctor Strange movie, Ben. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Feels a little bit like Iron Man, but it's still a good movie. Doctor mm-hmm. Strange here is on another level. And the Russos just gave him a shot of adrenaline and they just let him have fun. His action scenes on Titan. I don't know whose fight, whose individual fight I like more. Tony against Thanos or Doctor Strange against Thanos? I don't know. I I I, I lean toward Tony Ben, but I Doctor that that fight scene with Doctor Strange at Thanos was very, very impressive. Yeah. So that I mean that, Ben in terms of character MVPs, who do you who do you kind of lean towards first? Ooh. Um, out of the 64 characters about, um, Dr. Strange is a good, good pull, uh, talking, talking comedy wise. Well, yeah, you were saying, uh, Iron Man and, uh, and Star Lord, they had really good back and forth. Um, well, but, uh, Spider-Man too, but, uh, yeah, I might go, I might go Star Lord, even though people pick it on for the. (laughs) <laughs> you know, making that mistake, um, which I, I guess I'm I'm semi camp on that. But like you were saying, there's a ton of characters you could blame as well. Um, but he has the emotional stuff with uh, Gamora in the you know first half, and then of course finding out um, what happened at the end. But then the the comedy bits he's also very much there for. Uh, you talked about the that Jesus line, but um, I mean, Chris Pratt sells those lines of being, don't call us plucky. We don't know what that means. And (laughs) just all sorts of stuff. 50% uh, stupid and me is 100% you. It's, yeah, it's it's just a great, great balance between all the the funny lines, but then also really selling the, uh, the emotional stuff as well. That interaction on Titan too, there's one scene I I can never stop laughing at. It's you know, Peter's like, so what are the what what again? What is it you guys do again? Mantis, uh, what is it? Uh, kick names, take ass. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that face that Tony makes, that dead, like, oh my god, what have I got myself into? Yeah, it's just it's, oh, it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> so TK, who are your some of your uh, character MVPs? Well, Shane is not a rabbit. But clearly he's correct and clearly the smartest of all of you because Thor is an absolute standout for me in this movie. Um, Ragnarok was was fantastic. It's still one of my favorite movies in the MCU. And the way that Infinity War takes what the character became in Ragnarok and continues with um, that evolution is really just fantastic. Chris, Chris Hemsworth is is really an MVP here. And you all spoke to that balance of the humor in this film, which is just truly so well done because, you know, I, I think there are times in other places in the MCU where the criticism of a little too quippy at, at certain moments is, is fair and valid. 
But um, this film, it's just it, the humor always feels appropriate to the tone of the moment. And, um, you know, I echo everything that you guys already said about the emotional resonance and the depth that this film has uh, as well. Um, Thor, you know, y- you already spoke to those humorous moments and just just how great Hemsworth is on screen, uh, accompanied by Groot and Rocket, who were not there with him in in the actual scene um so it's uh it's it's really really quite something um but his story here as well right like at the end of Ragnarok you know realizing that he he doesn't need the hammer and he's beyond the hammer and then here he he forges this weapon and Stormbreaker that he he works toward and it's not something that was just kind of bestowed upon him um by nature of being thor but it's representative of of kind of what he's become so hemsworth as thor for all the reasons that that you all said and uh i'll agree with rod as well that doctor strange i love him in this movie and i hadn't really um been a fan of the character before that like i it wasn't one of my favorite movies when it first came out now i rewatch doctor strange and I, I have more of a soft spot for it but that's one of the things i like about the mcu as well is like over time you get more and more installments and then you go back and you have a different relationship to the character so for example like something in infinity war that didn't resonate with me as much when i first saw it was the relationship between wanda and vision you go back and watch that now it's like somebody my, like myself, I'm a huge WandaVision fan. So going back and watching that now and it takes on another meaning. Um, so so I, I agree about Doctor Strange in the film. And then a character who I um, I think really, or I should say an actor who I think really does a lot with a little time here is uh, Zoe Saldana as Gamora. Because there's really a lot that she has to communicate in in not too many scenes um related to her relationship to Thanos and um you know it it's really done quite quite impressively and and I think that's a credit to the writing and the pacing of the film like one of you already mentioned um and also that she really is able to sell the the emotional weight to that relationship so those are those are some of the standouts for me and I'll be remiss if I don't mention that my go-to characters in the MCU are are Cap and Natasha, and this film is not heavy on either of those characters. But where they are, they really, really shine. And that first moment where Cap appears behind the train is forever one of my favorite favorite moments in the MCU. And talk about the musical score like that's just perfect, perfect scene. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, TK, uh, with that with that uh, Cap entrance. I have, I don't think Ben I've ever heard a audience cheer louder to that day too. I mean, when Infinity War first came out, my solo, but I don't mm-hmm. think I ever had heard such a audience war mm-hmm. of this excitement for when Cap steps out of the shadows. I mean, that is just a bad ass moment. I mean, because he catches uh oh my god, now I'm drawing a blank on his name. Prox- no, that's approximately midnight. Approximately midnight, midnight yeah. yeah. When he catches our or a spear, like what the hell are you doing, You're Captain America? And I just stepping out of the shadow. I'm like, God damn! And that beautiful beard he has, that beautiful, beautiful beard. I mean, no bad cap is a mood. <laughs> no bad cap is definitely a mood. Jade. So let's talk about Thanos. 
But Benias. who is Shane's MVP? Thank you for uh, segueing into that part since I didn't get well, to. Well, you know, I kind of wanted to, like, you know, give Thanos his own time in the spotlight because this is kind of his movie. Um, so I'm going to start with you, though, Shane, since he's your character MVP. Um, I don't want to spend too much time because, you know, Ben and I talk about Thanos a lot on this podcast. But I, what I do want to ask you, Shane, is do you think there will come a time in the MCU where there will be a villain? I mean, I don't even know if Thanos is your favorite villain in the MCU, but will there come a time when Thanos gets dethroned? Or do you think he'll always be in kind of the top of the hierarchy in the MCU in terms of villains? I think there's always a possibility of a character coming along and dethroning him. But, like, this film, well, they're going to have to commit a film like this to another villain to be able to give them the amount of depth and the time to flesh out like this because... He has so much screen time in this. And, you know, Marvel isn't about making the villains the biggest part of their movies. They're they're always about the heroes. And that's always going to put them apart from DC. They're never going to commit multiple movies to just a villain because it's like, we're here for the heroes. But, like, this is Thanos' story, and he is the hero of his own story here. And, you know... He has a reason why he's doing this, how misguided and messed up and apocalyptic it is, um, trying to get rid of half of existence. But they spend so much time building this character up. And I remember when they cast Josh Brolin and I'm like, now that that's a weighty voice to put behind. Cause like Josh Brolin's not that big. Um, but like, his voice feels like it fits in a giant like Thanos and there's a power there and he's such a talented actor and he's able to bring that. And also it's absolutely hilarious seeing the behind the scenes shots of him like next to people twice his size with the giant Thanos hat on. Um, That's pretty great. Um, But this character has loss and why this Thanos sticks out from the Thanos from even Endgame is this character's been through more life and is unrelenting and nothing's going to stop him. Obviously, nothing stops him and he's able to accomplish his goals and he's real willing to make the biggest sacrifice. It's like everything. And just that moment in like soul stone world whatever you want to call that plane of existence like that just hits on a different level and you're just like he just destroyed the avengers and getting this hero moment here but like a tragic hero moment and you're just like i have no idea how to feel in this moment except just shock shock and awe at what we just saw and he's such an imposing force in this film and they're gonna have to do some heavy lifting to try to get a villain to be just as good as this one what about you ben how are you feeling about thanos you still think you think he'll forever be remain atop the hierarchy of villains in the dc or marvel universe <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> um yeah i i agree with shane that you know, there's always that possibility, excuse me, but he will be very hard to top. Um, 
and not to throw shade on phase four or plans in the future, but uh, with, with Kang, um, we have another great actor uh, in the role and, you know, quantum mania, he's one of the best parts. Um, I think this was great, but uh, still the motives aren't completely there. And that, um, post credit scene kind of threw me a little bit for a loop. <laughs> I we've seen him twice now for a good amount of screen time, and I'm still kind of like I I don't I'm not totally getting his uh, his whole thing. But they they did it like I said bits and pieces with Thanos before, but we didn't really get motives or anything till Infinity War. And like I was saying before, they did it beautifully, and even at the end, um, he kind of wins, and we're not or I wasn't like super you know mad of course obviously i was mad with with the characters um but i i bought into the story i guess i'm saying um so for the, <laughs> to to do repeat that or like what shane was saying have a whole movie based on a villain um will be hard to hard to replicate or do again in the future ek your quick thoughts yeah, I I agree with what's been said already. Um, that Thanos really feels like a one of a kind moment in in how he uh, in how this film came together and the role that he plays in it. I, I there have certainly been compelling or or sympathetic in certain ways villains before and after Thanos, but uh, there really is something something unique to the character. Even where, you know, some of the the motivations, Thanos is this character where, like, there's this question of, like, good intentions and poor means. But it really does make you think, though, there's depth here because it's like, are his intentions really good? Is his morality consistent? Because there's a few moments that seem to suggest that it's not necessarily as consistent as he makes it seem. And I think that's interesting. Um, and not entirely straightforward, which is which is cool. Um, and I also think that, you know, you, you have to kind of ask the question. He he is successful in his achievement of all of these infinity stones. And it, it never occurs to him to do something other than wipe out half the population. He doesn't like <laughs> he doesn't think about, I don't know, doubling the resources or like any other kind of manipulation that he could make with that in, with that power. So it's um, it's fascinating because what I just said doesn't make me or I, I think doesn't make most viewers just like disregard him either. Like he also remains uh there's there really is something sympathetic to him and i think that's a lot of credit to josh brolin's performance even under all the layers of cgi uh that at the end of this movie you know he's the villain and he's victorious and he's sitting in his humble little hut with that little smile that he gives and like it just really it, it evokes something of um of a complex reaction i think that all of that nuance um is really hard to to achieve again especially now that we've experienced it in this way and um that shock value and that delight that came from how this movie played out you know really can't be replicated um in in the same way again i don't know um <sighs> thanos is is really uh something something special and i'd agree with whoever said like even 
comparing this one with Endgame, like this really is the Thanos movie. And um, man, of all the characters in the MCU, he's really up there as one of the most one of the most compelling and I think legendary. Well, it's two different Thanos's, right? Because we get two different Thanos's from two, you know, different points in time. Where the Thanos in Infinity War, he's a lot more. How, how do I put it? How do how do how do I word this, Shane? He's he's not as vicious well, as he is in Endgame. You see him as a warrior because, like, the Endgame one's the twenty fourteen Thanos, so there's years of him just pillaging through the galaxy, destroying worlds, and he's aggressive. He's a warrior. And what's interesting is, as the film goes on and more Infinity Stones he gathers, especially the Soul Stone, like, they don't explicitly say it, but, like, there's a level of sympathy he starts to develop for some of these heroes because the Soul Stone connects him with them. That interaction with Tony at the end, that that just is that in a nutshell, where he's just like, I hope they remember you. Well, because he's the one person he's afraid of that could really take him down. He was the one person he was willing to kill, or he was going to kill, until yep. Doctor Strange came in and saved his life. Yep. Well, because the thing is, it's like, Tony is a genius, and he can right. always find a way. And you could be the biggest brutish of all the Avengers, like Hulk, and still get your ass kicked. Right. Or you could be Thor and be a little too cocky and not go for the kill shot. Because you want to look Thanos in the eyes when you kill him. But it's Tony is the one that has brought this all together. And it's so fitting that Thanos has that moment with him. And there's a layer of empathy there that didn't exist before Thanos got all those Infinity Stones. And I think him with the stones makes him such a complex character. Because he is ruthless and a brutish figure in endgame and the realizing that his original plan wasn't going to work is just like well i'm just gonna blow this all up from nothing and then nothing's gonna stop what i do and we're all gonna have to start from scratch and you know this film it's just and not to like start talking about like future characters but like i'm worried about kang being so many different characters and not just like one character that gets developed over the course of films it's just like this version this version this version this is thanos and he goes from a smirking face at the after the credit scene of the first avengers him in his high and mighty big floaty chair um him at the end of ultra being like i'll have to do this myself and like which in hindsight, that still, like, I guess, influencing Ultron? Never really explained that. But, you know, we got so much build-up to this character, and even if we didn't even get that much build-up, this movie alone just paints such a compelling villain. And we could have had 45 minutes more of him, apparently, because they've been talking about that all week, was that they had that whole entire Xandar scene that they cut from the beginning of the film of 45 minutes of him just destroying and getting the power stone i'm kind of glad they start where they started because that opening scene so great 
Well, that was one of the things like, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, damn, I kind of wish I saw how, saw how, you know, got the powers, you know, I kind of wish I saw that, but you know, on the numerous rewatches I had in the theaters, I'm, you know, I kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm glad I didn't do that. Cause I kind of would have killed all the terrifying nature of that opening scene. But it, you know, I'm kind of curious if we're ever going to see if there were any survivors of Xandar. You know, maybe hope and maybe Guardians through they kind of explain that a little bit. Um or the long gestating Nova project. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't even know if that's gonna happen, Shane. I'm 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 not gonna lie. But yeah, I mean you guys kind of all said really, really wonderful things and explained it really put it very well about Thanos. So I'm not gonna spend too much time talking about it. I don't think he'll ever get the throne. I think we need to pump the brakes right now in terms of comparing him to Kang when we don't even know which Kang we're going to really see in Avengers. Mm-hmm. I do think the one we saw in Quantum Media, now that I've seen it a couple more times in theaters and the watches I'll have on, you know, when it's released on digital, I do think that Kang is probably still going to come back around. I don't think they would waste that, you know. It's just, it's a little infuriating to kind of kill him off like that. But I think that first post credit scene, however corny it is, all those kings were afraid of him. All of the other kings were afraid of him for a re- you know, and they they shipped him off for a reason. Why they didn't just kill him, I don't, I, I, I don't get. But let's just ship him off with his ship to, uh, you know, to the quantum realm, and, you know, I, whatever. But I do think we'll see not only. A Kang go up against the Avengers, but I think we'll probably see numerous versions, or at least one version of Kang helping the Avengers as well. I think there's a good there's a good version of Kang out there. So I think we need to not make the comparisons yet until we get it to at least Kang Dynasty before we can really start making that comparison of you know Kang versus Thanos. But let's talk about action, Shane. Shane likes action. You like action? Better sure do. Kind of snobby about it. <laughs> well. I think it was either you or TK who said it that this I mean this film is just nonstop. I mean we're going from one big set piece to another 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 big set piece. There's barely any time to breathe. So let's just, you know, real quick here, let's let's kind of what was your favorite action set piece to come away from it to come out of this movie? I'll go to you first, Ben. Uh for me it's gotta be fighting on Titan with all the uh, was it five characters getting together and uh, and taking on Thanos? Um, it was definitely five. So yeah, Tony, Doctor Strange, Spidey, Star Lord, Drax, um, Nebula, Mantis. Oh yeah, Mantis, Nebula. yeah, yeah. So seven, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, all the all the different power types and and superhero abilities, I guess. Um, with all of them using their own specific ones against them and teaming up with the, uh, you know, portals and Spidey going through, <laughs> it got you on this side, got you on this side. And, uh, and the like pedestals or whatever that Star Lord jumping on that Dr. Strange makes. Anyway, but yeah, all that, all that together was awesome. Um, and it's very high stakes as well, of course, right at the end there. Um, so there's there's a lot going on, yeah. That, that's that's a probably easy answer, but that's the standout for me. 
you know, I'm going to go to a sequence because I, I would love to talk, just talk about Titan all day. That's the top five action sequence for me. But I'm going to, it's not talked about enough, but I want to talk about Wanda and Vision versus the Black Order because there's emotional stakes involved. And I was like, shit, you know what? Vision might bite the bit. 30 minutes into this movie. I mean, we all kind of expected he was going to die, at least not at this one, the beginning of Avengers 4. But the first time they go for the mind stone, I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't want to see this. I mean, there's some really good emotional stakes here. And, you know, Civil War did such a great job of kind of developing that bond between Vision and Wanda. And, you know, now when you watch WandaVision, then you go back and watch this. It's even more emotional. And your heart aches even more when you really know when you realize what happens to Vision at the very end. But yeah, that that fight between Wanda and the, and the Black Order one it shows how powerful Wanda really is that she can hold her own against two you know Black Order members. But I I don't, I don't think the Black Order was wasted, Shane. I do think the Black Order kind of held their own in terms you know look, it was either Thanos gets the backstory, the Black Order gets the Black Story, and. No one wants to see the Black Order get their, you know, 10, 15 minute backstory. So, you know, you just put them in there for fight scenes to kind of give the Avengers a little bit of a, a little bit of a push. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really, really like that sequence. The more I watch it, the more I just, I get terrified, you know, for Wanda, for Vision. Then, of course, Cap comes in, saves the day with Natasha and Sam. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that fight scene. That fight scene was really was it's really entertaining but there's a lot of good emotional stakes in there as well what just about that, you? yeah go ahead just to add on real quick just a funny thing just uh i remember watching or i guess hearing about the movie and hype up for it the first time and uh i was like oh she's you know one is falling in love with the android robot okay we'll see how that works um not knowing the comics history and then i saw that i was like okay so they're getting it from that but then yeah, and then flashing forward to WandaVision, uh, the show, and then and I'm bawling my eyes out for her saying <laughs> goodbye to him again. And of course, the end of Infinity War was sad too. But uh, yeah, like, like y'all were saying, going back to that uh, and watching that again, it it doesn't feel as <laughs> as weird or anything this time. I'm like, yeah, I buy into their relationship totally. So anyway, what about you, TK? So I I already mentioned like uh, the entrance of Cap and the Secret Avengers scene. I'm I'm such a fan of of Nat and Sam as Falcon as well. So uh, that that's a big one for me. Um, just to to shout out one that hasn't been mentioned yet, uh, at least not in this context, is um, when the Guardians are on nowhere and Thanos uses the Reality Stone um that's uh, that's a really cool sequence um the whole kind of like uh like bait and switch sort of like it looks like they've defeated him and then he's using the reality stone um and i know shane already mentioned then kind of like the culmination of of star lord pulling the trigger and it's the bubbles but they do a lot of really interesting visual um things in that scene and of course it's got that emotional resonance too so that's another one that stands out it's magnificent Magnificent. Yeah. The collector. All right, Shane. What say I'm you? Send some love to the cross cutting sequence between Wakanda and Nether That whole entire sequence of like when Thor just starts whipping that pot around and poor rockets inside freaking the hell out and trying to get that star going, get the forge going. 
Thor taking on the brunt of a dying star. And I remember seeing that shot in the trailer and being like, oh my God, what the hell's Thor doing? And then in context, realizing like he was literally getting burned alive by a star is like, holy crap. And then I just love the little moment of Cap and Black Panther speed racing out to fight the Outrider, just like everybody gets left behind. behind them and they're just like gunning and you know wanda gets some time to really like you're just like holy crap with like a (laughs) and just destroys everybody and proxima midnight though she had a brutal death like thrown a lawnmower and just like out of there and (laughs) koi ace response to like she was up there the whole time. <laughs> that that was great. And there's so many great moments in that sequence. But I think them paralleled together and the music building the whole entire time just makes that, just nails it so perfectly leading up to Thor showing up. And then just basically like, the Outriders are done. They have no chance now. And Thor's just flying through the air, taking out whole spaceships just by himself. I'm just like... It's like if Thanos did have all those Infinity Stones, he would have been effed at that point. But, you know, he did. And he messed up everybody. So that that Wakanda scene, even though they lied in the trailers, uh, <laughs> you know, would it have been cool to have Hulk in that sequence? Yeah. But you know what? We get Bruce Banner trying to stick up for himself. And Cole Obsidian didn't, he had a brutal death too. My God, they all got kind of brutal deaths. Corvus Glaive just got like impaled. Just like, Black Order didn't have a good day that day. It was a rough couple hours for them, Shane. Rough yep. rough couple hours. One of my favorite moments from that Wakanda scene too is, you know, Cap and, Cap and Thor meet for the first, you know, for the first time I've seen in a couple of years. New haircut, notice you copied my beard. Oh yes, by the way, it's a friend of mine, Tree. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. I mean that that whole little back and forth there. <laughs> yeah, I am Steve Rogers. It's just it's just so funny. And then uh I was gonna mention too, Shane, when Thanos arrives in Wakanda. You kinda in the back of your your head, you're like, it doesn't matter at this point. He's got the time stone. It's we're we're doing this all for nothing. We're, we're, but they don't know that, right? They're just, you know, going and trying to, you know stay off of as much time as they can but that's at just that point, soul shattering it was at that like cod when she explodes vision and he just like nope mm-hmm. and just so heartbreaking and elizabeth olsen this was like her first time to really show her chops and she yep. killed it she really killed it here and i'm so glad that she got more to like she got wandavision and then, of course, she was eating it up in Multiverse of Madness. You could just tell she's like, I know how good I am at this point. Just like, oh, man, she was great. All right. So let's, let's as we start to wrap this up, guys, let's talk about the, the big kahuna, the big elephant in the room. Of course, that's the ending. Marvel went for Marvel went for, for a big swing there. Because I thought when the going into I was like they're not gonna do the snap they're probably gonna you know Thanos is probably gonna find a location of like the last stone and the fourth movie is gonna be about a race to the last you know the last infinity stone 
well, I was wrong by a lot. Um, and then they gave you that slimmer of hope, Shane. They give you that sliver of hope. Oh my God, Thor did it. We're all the audience is cheering like, yeah. And then Thanos, you should have gone for the head. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then the theater went silent and the tissue started coming out. And everyone started crying. Not me though, Ben. I was a, I was a man and I, I didn't cry. I wept like a baby, but <laughs> <laughs> such a heartbreak. And he, Ben, you not talked about this before. What makes that moment even more devastating? No music. Yep. You just have to sit and watch them all, or half of your favorite characters, just turn into ash. Group got me. Well, Rocket's hurt. reaction is what got me. Is like you know, no, and then like he's like crying. He's I'm like, calling oh, after fuck. his for his dad. Yep. And... Nope. Messed up. And then they did the whole switcheroo when you think Okoye is going to dust, but it turns out it's going to be T'Challa. It's like, oh, God. And then they did the thing. They go to Titan, and people start disappearing. And I'm like, okay, Doctor Strange. Okay, we're good. We're Nope. Peter's talking. Okay. When he says I don't feel so good, and I mean, Tom Holland just sells that scene. And like the last line he says to Tony is like, I'm sorry. Because he feels like he disappointed, you know, his, you know, his, his, you know, his father figure. And that's just, now it's brutal. And then Tony feeling the weight of that through the majority, through the rest of the movie and then the majority of Endgame. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it was devastating to watch. So Shane, you kind of want to walk us through how, how much you cried during the last four or five minutes of that movie? Well, so I have teared up maybe three times in a movie ever um i was just in shock like the shock hit me i was just sitting there i couldn't believe what i just watched like i just my mouth was open i was just sitting there completely silent and didn't know what to say or how to respond to it because it was so it was just that shocking i did not think they would do that this was marvel like, we don't have somber endings to these movies. And it's just like, holy crap, they just gut-punched you. Like, with a sledgehammer, basically. And I was just sitting there so shocked. And then my brain just didn't stop for a whole entire year thinking about what, how they're going to fix this. It's a crazy, crazy experience. What about you, TK? Yeah, Rod, you totally nailed it when you pointed out like the lack of music um, being having such a huge impact here when the dusting first starts and it's just almost like totally silent and Bucky's like Steve and it's um, it's it's really, really good. Um, And and you also spoke to. Some of some of what makes me feel most emotional in the scene is not those who are getting dusted but the reaction of those around them um it's it's incredibly well done um you know after seeing it for a couple of times because it's it's really the the emotional weight that hits um like you were saying shane just kind of like the shock of it um but then after a few times i started to think about like the interesting choice in who who was dusted versus who wasn't and and how that ties into the larger universe and and like the order we see them go um but 
Yeah, it's um, I'm trying to think of anything that wasn't wasn't touched on by you guys. Just yeah, because you mentioned so many of the great lines, Rod, of the I don't feel so good and the I'm sorry. And um, Nebula at the end just says he did it. Uh, It's just really it's it's oh, man. And like you were saying, Shane, it's like that feeling of not really believing that they went there. And then even upon rewatch so many years later, like it's just still it still has such a great impact. There's, you know, a lot of critique. Uh, there was some critique at the time and 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 about um, the stakes or, you know, are, are there not enough stakes here knowing that these characters are likely going to come back because actors had signed on for contracts or, um, you know, there were uh, another Spider-Man movie had been announced already or whatever it might be. And I, I never really held uh, I, those arguments or, or critiques never really held much weight with me because I feel like this was absolutely appropriate stakes for for what this film was and um and again kind of going back to that idea of honoring the comic book comic book genre like you know sure you can have characters who come back or there might be alternate timelines or this that or the other thing but um to me the the stories still resonate in the moment and um and that's just such a crucial aspect to to this this genre of storytelling. All right, Benjamin, what about you? Well, like I said many times before, don't read uh, or haven't read the, the comic books or anything, but I I did know that in the comics a snap happened. Um, so, but like you were saying, Rod, I didn't expect them to go that route. <laughs> um, so it's it's just a testament to the, the writers and actors and everyone how impactful it was that it did see it on screen happening um even though it you know it was back in my mind uh watching it as, as a possibility so yeah just devastating i remember the theater like you're saying being silent um for me too and and just thinking about it um and a lot of times seeing movies with my friends especially a big group we will stand outside in the parking lot and and talk about it for a little bit uh you know five ten minutes maybe longer sometimes and i think that was one of if not the longest times <laughs> we stood talking just through the entire movie and especially at that end and again you know knowing that another movie was coming but thinking of all the possibilities of how they could bring uh those characters back <laughs> so yeah a lot of theories going around and, and everything so yeah it's just a, a very impactful and shocking and it's it's great on rewatches too that it still holds up um with the you know writing and acting everything like i said so yes i don't know how you could talk after watching something like that i i i just you know the person i saw when we just we just went silent i was still trying to wipe the tears off my eyes i'm just going back to, to the car I I didn't know really how to react. I was just kind of I was still kind of in a in a, in a shook. And then the you know, Marvel tries to cheer you up, giving that slimmer of hope. Captain Marvel's here to save the day. Yeah, you know, shut the fuck up. No, she's not. So I mean, <laughs> I I just you know it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just I, Ben. How how could you how could you talk? Talk about what? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Sitting through the. 10 minutes of credits or whatever it was kind of getting our thoughts together, but then, but basically just, uh, going over the movie itself. 
and being like, oh, that was funny, but yeah, that was really sad. Oh, remember this funny moment, but we cried then too. But anyway, Wait, yeah. I, you know, kudos to the Russos too for the ending of this movie, for at the credits, for not doing anything flashy. It was just simple black and white text throughout the entire of the you know credits. Marvel always does something splashy, you know, with the art and everything, artwork and everything. It was just simple, you know, simple text uh, with Alan Silvestri's. Score, which also it's so weird in hindsight seeing such a big tease for Captain Captain Marvel, and then Captain Marvel isn't even that big of a factor in Endgame. Like she shows up and just destroys a giant ship once, and it's just like, oh, she kind of just ditches everybody (laughs) to go do other stuff, and just like that. It's interesting in hindsight. What was crazy was this was the second of three movies I saw that day when I went to go see this. God damn it, Shane. What did you follow up Infinity War with? Um, The Rider from uh, Chloe Zhao, um, which was That's this really low-key rodeo movie. And I'm like, I'm still thinking about Infinity War from earlier. What was really messed up was the movie I saw before this, which was what the hell's the name of it? I'm trying to find it. It's that Joaquin Phoenix film where he plays this very violent like figure. And you were never really here? Yes. Yeah. That, it? that was like, I saw that first. And then like two hours later watched this. I'm like, wow, I'm already in a mood. <laughs> <laughs> this is something else today. So... And then I saw it the next day because I went with my roommate. So that's an interesting triple header there, Shane. That's, two very that's, art yeah. house films bred of giant infinity war in the center of it. That's a long ass day, too. God damn. I miss those. I miss morning show times. What the hell, AMC? I want my 930 show times again. I, I don't know why you want that, but hey, anyway, yeah. I'm up five o'clock in the morning every day. I'm down for a nine thirty in the morning movie. Hey, look, I get it. I get it, Shane. I get it. I just I hate walking out of the theater and the sun's still out. After being in a dark room for like two and a half hours, I start pissing. Like... Yeah, pretty much, Shane. I, I mean, that's pretty much pretty much me. But yeah, you know, conversation for, for another thing, another time that we're never gonna have. So, real quick. That teaser at the end for Captain Marvel, I know you guys were rightly joking that it didn't have a whole lot of impact, but I do like now, because it was a teaser for the next movie, pretty much, yeah. uh, or upcoming movie, um, but it also, now, looking back, does connect to Endgame, if you watch those back-to-back, you know, so, I don't know, because just some of the other movies, it feels a little out of place, maybe, with something that comes up years later, uh, so they feel more of a piece, but anyway... Just something I thought about. All right. Well, TK, I'm going to go to you. We're going to wrap this up now. Just kind of your overall general consensus on how you feel about Infinity War. Five years later now, how, how are you feeling about it? Where, you know, I know you gave you gave, uh, you, you gave me your MCU ranking. And we're going to talk about that on the next episode. But uh, just, you know, your general, general thoughts, feelings, emotions, gripes. It's funny. After rewatching this again and digging into the conversation around infinity war again i'm like man 
should I rank Infinity War a little higher? <laughs> um, but um, but uh, then it's always the question of, well, then what does it replace? But um, no, I, you know, what I'll say to to kind of, you know, final thoughts is just that I think watching this film now holds up just as much as it did when it first came out. Of course, the context is different. As I, as I said before, like there are certain elements to the experience that are even like enhanced by what's come since then, or you just think about it in a different way, which is, is so much of the joy of the, the intertextual weaving of the MCU. It's part of what makes the, this format of storytelling so, um, so engaging and entertaining. Um, but just as a film itself, I, you know, it, it's, it it is it, it is incredibly balanced and coherent and there's an appreciation going back to it now in light of all of the other kind of non MCU comic booky stuff and interconnected university stuff that's come out um all of these imitators so to speak and it really reminds you of just how well infinity war pulled this off in in a uniquely singular way and i think all of the reasons we talked about from the actors performances uh Thanos as a really unique, compelling villain, the balance. Um, it's just, it's, it, it really just, it, it holds up. Um, so Infinity War, I recommend it. <laughs> what about you, Shane? I'll keep this short and sweet. It's great. It's still great five years later. And this might be like the purest, just distillation of what the mcu is and i don't know if we're ever going to get another shared universe that it comes anywhere close to this our only hope super smash bros well tbd shane tbd i mean it's making i mean super mario bros just keeps breaking records at the box office so well if it's illumination that's not happening um (laughs) quality wise um we'll have fun (laughs) It'll be silly. It'll be stupid. It'll make a lot of money. Make a shit ton of money. Yes. So, you know, we've we've talked about this movie maybe once or twice on the podcast, Ben. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just to kind of as we wrap up here, I it may not be my favorite amongst the MCU anymore. Um, you know, it's still in my top five, but I still think this other than the masterpiece work of art Mona Lisa known as Avengers Endgame, this is one of Marvel's greatest achievements in terms of what it had to accomplish in terms of not even giving us an incredible villain with Thanos and giving him such a compelling backstory and compelling reasons to kind of see where he's coming from in, in his quest for you know decimating half the Earth or half the universe. But in terms of it's balancing act, right? Of just, you know, we make the joke of every single person in the MCU is in this movie. Well, they, they kind of are. <laughs> every single person that's been in the MCU movie is pretty much in this. And they do such a great job of making sure everyone gets at least one moment to shine um, and still giving us a really great story while still being really entertaining, really emotional. Uh, and being, I think you said it too, Shane, it's, it's one of Marvel's, it might be Marvel's best, in terms of pacing, it might be the best paced movie they've had. They they they've had to date. I mean, time flies in this movie. You look at your phone, like, oh my goodness, it, we're almost at the end already. It's it's crazy. So yeah, it's it's the Russo's best made movie. I'll say that. Why well, I think an Endgame has 
in terms of emotional heft, I think it, it definitely outweighs that of Infinity War, but Infinity War in terms of just pure entertainment, it knocks it out of the park. So, all right, Benjamin. Ditto. No, uh, I don't really have a whole lot else said. Yeah, y'all have said everything perfectly. Um, that that last other point I was going to say, um, which we said a couple times already here, that um, comparing to, to Endgame, that this is probably the better, you know, made movie. Like you're saying, the pacing and everything. Um, Endgame hits those emotional moments and has a lot of memorable stuff. And uh, I know comfort movie and everything. Um, but as a as an achievement, like you said, Rod, that's a good word. Uh, as probably the MCU's shining achievement um, for bringing everything together. So, I do want to ask the group this before we before we depart. Did this movie did it help or hurt the comic book genre in terms of what's what came after? And we can I mean, we can kind of tie this and Endgame together. I think it hurt. I think it did both. And what I mean by that is, I think. In terms of uniting the comic book fan base, it definitely helped a lot in terms of the conversation and uniting and getting together afterwards, all that stuff. I think where hurt has been fan expectations because now we have to compare or we expect every single comic book movie to be like Infinity War or Endgame. Uh, I don't know why we go into a movie like Thor Love and Thunder and we're expecting 30 different cameos or we go into Multiverse of Madness and we're expecting... Old man, Steve Rogers to show up and with the Illuminati. Illuminati. I mean, it's it's fun to speculate, but when something that you were hoping for doesn't happen, it's a bad movie. Well, that's just not the case. Um, so, you know, now that we you know we've talked about this before, but like you know, if you have a lot of criticism, it's fine. You know, artists, various movies are subjective. Artists subjective. You're allowed to have your own opinions, but you listen to people on YouTube. You see people on Filmstagram and why they didn't like a certain movie because certain things didn't happen. We we kind of have to get over that. Not every movie can be an Avengers level type of movie. So what do you, what do you think, Shane? I have a lot of thoughts and I'm going to upset some people probably, oh, but it's, it's not this movie's fault. It's not Endgame's fault. It's people's fault. It's just like the fact that you decide that well they did it with this every single movie of this should be exactly what i want it to be and feed me all the cameos that i want like the multiverse of madness i really 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 enjoyed that movie a lot and i just rewatched it like two weeks ago and i still enjoy it the same level i did when i saw it in a theater but that movie was ruined because people wanted anything and everything all of the time all thrown into that movie. And just like, that's not the movie that they made. And this is one of my biggest um, criticisms with people's perceptions of movies is this movie is not being made for you. It's not being made by you. If you want to make that movie, you get the money. You buy the rights. And you go make that movie then and take on all those risks. And the thing is, it's like there needs to be ebb and flow in these stories. You can't just keep escalating because then you're escalating yourselves out of any possibility. It's perfectly fine to go and have a film like 
Ant-Man and the Wasp just going around doing silly stuff in San Francisco, that's perfectly fine. However you feel about the quality of the film for itself is one thing. But, like, you can't just keep expecting this on things, and that's people's fault. And this is makes me really sad because I feel like Marvel fans are getting to the same level as Star Wars fans. And I love Star Wars, but I can't stand Star Wars anymore. Because I'm like, what do you want? And just like, I don't know anymore. And it's just like, I just go in. This is why I don't watch. I barely watch trailers. I barely look up synopses for movies anymore. I'm just going in without expectations and getting what I'm getting. And I think people need to do that more. But goodbye, Soapbox. Thank you. What do you think, TK? What's your stance? I think that, that your comment, Rod, about expectations and then Shane, you know, your your soapbox uh, feelings, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, the only thing that I'd add is um, in terms of where we might place some blame for where we've seen the effect of this movie hurt the comic book movie industry is on. Uh, some of the the studios that are making the films because they're well and they're responding to to the fans the people who you're speaking to Shane so just to add on to that is to say that um, there's this idea of like oh well this is what this is what the consumers want let's give them more of this and so um, what we're seeing are some really half-assed attempts at this type of storytelling that you know Marvel really did with such integrity and respect for its characters and respect for its um, all of the directors and writers and actors who had contributed to the 10 years that had built up to it. And uh, we, many of us already used the term earned in describing what Infinity War did. And what we've seen in these imitators is that it's not necessarily there. So I, I think it's all of those things coming together, the fan expectations, and then um, what some studios are doing in terms of the way that they do promote um, certain, certain, um, you know, uh, projects or uh, will kind of bait and switch the audience and just like the two are feeding into each other. And it's been really unfortunate to see, cause like, like you said too, Shane, I mean, a lot of these really beloved properties like Star Wars and Marvel and all of these things, like we're fans, we love the characters, the content, um, and, and we respect the creators who are doing that work. And then it's, uh, it's, it's a shame to kind of see, uh, see how some of the the culture around it can, can devolve sometimes, but uh, not to end on on a, a totally uh, bummer of a note, though, um, where we could maybe say like something like Infinity War has helped comic book movies is, um, well, I think what what was done with Thanos was a, a risk and something new. Uh, of course, I mean there are comic book precedent for it, but in terms of what we're seeing on screen, um, and I think the approach that this film took, taking a, that kind of creative step forward and taking that risk, is a a really positive model of how to do that not for other stories to imitate the exact same moves because that wouldn't that wouldn't work like we've seen that done so well we can't replicate that but just the the um spirit of of playing around with uh with villains of different kinds and and thinking about what you can do with your with your main characters and surprise people i, I think is um is a great lesson to be learned okay benjamin take us home well we always have the best guests on these shows because I, y'all you know, took so many <laughs> awesome points, um, and and some stuff literally that I was going to say, but yeah, I I agree with the um, sentiment of the 
the negativity and in, in um, some people's expectations and stuff against and and being critics of the movies and whatnot. Um, but I I would like to end on the positive note, like you were saying, DK, of uh, maybe opens um, possibilities for other franchises, you know, superheroes or otherwise, and uh, the we can take a lot from the inventiveness and creativity of of these stories interwoven um and and all coming together into one um and and see it in, in other places too so yeah would be happy for the future of movies speaking of happy ben around this time next year we we're going to do the five-year anniversary of the greatest comic book film of all time yeah endgame so let's run it back tk can i get you on the schedule for next year all right let's schedule it uh right after we finish recording all right good deal good deal all right shane i'm just gonna invite you the day before okay so let's go aunt man (laughs) the real end so (laughs) come on now you're away save your thoughts till then we gotta give him a tease just like marvel all right you're right We'll say something about Captain Marvel. That's as big of a tease as we can wait till that. All right, just just only how, how something many, days ago. How many dislikes is the Marvel trailer? Marvel's trailer oh, going to have by the time we record next year? It might not even be on YouTube anymore. So, with that being said, TK, you know it's always a pleasure having you on our MCU conversations. Where can people find you online? Yeah, so I am at an idea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter, um, where I've been mostly quiet, but you can certainly uh, connect with me there. And my show is called There Was an Idea, Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And the most recent episode that I put out with a guest was uh, back in December, January about the Guardians uh, holiday special. So been a little inactive over there, as you can tell. Um, however, there, there's a, a solid back catalog of, of episodes. If you're interested in, in hearing, hearing more, uh, from me on the MCU. Real quick, TK, we, got, we couldn't get you on the quantum media spoiler review. Yay or nay. How are you feeling about it? About quantum media? Yeah. I like quantum media. I liked it a whole lot. Actually. Like, first watch. I was like, I was like, all right, like not, not what I expected. Right. You sometimes like go in with those expectations. I was like, you you, you get tempted to do the whole, like, well, you, you think about the movie they didn't make. Right. Exactly. To Shane's point before. And um, so I was like, all right, I don't know. And then I went and saw it a couple more times and I was having a great time. I truly really liked the world and being in that world and being with those characters again. So I, I I enjoyed it. It's not necessarily one that I I will find myself, um, you know, counting among the all time classics. At least you know not at this point. But um, I'll I'll revisit it when it comes on streaming. And you know, I, Kang was was really really awesome. Drink the ooh, Shane. Drink the ooh. ooh. Ants. Where can people find you online? <laughs> Where can people find you online, Shane? So the easiest thing is go to the Wasteland Reviewer Instagram page where I shamelessly plug all the things that I do from Scribe Magazine, SifPop.com, my own YouTube channel, The Wasteland Reviewer, the Cinematic Wasteland Podcast, Rowan and the Wasteland Podcast, and all the fun times I get to pop up on here with my buddies Rod and Ben. 
Oh, Shane, you shouldn't have. So sweet. I'll make yeah, sure go check out our Sean Levy later. episode and how well none of us will ever watch Just Married ever again. I don't know what you're talking about. Or at that, all. I got that 4K collector's <laughs> edition. I got the 4K collector's edition, Shane Steelbook. It's just sitting there on my shelf. And that's where it's going to stay because you're never going <laughs> to watch it ever again. Nope. Never. <laughs> Benjamin, where can people find us online if they want to? Oh, please do find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and you can email us with your thoughts on Infinity War, uh, the MCU as a whole. And if you're excited, as excited as me, to hear that Ben and Jerry's and the Beatles were confirmed to exist in the MCU, two of my favorite things, um, please email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb like rodben.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen. This is the first of three straight MCU episodes you've got coming out in the next couple of weeks. We have our 15th anniversary episode coming out next week, so look forward to that. And then, of course, the following week, we will have our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 spoiler review. So should be a lot of fun in the next couple of weeks. Oh, wait, and then we have Elizabeth Olsen episode a week after that. So, yeah, maybe four, like three and a half weeks benefits talking MCU. Nice. Good times. Good nice. times. So, for myself, for Ben, our wonderful guest, TK, and that man in the wasteland, Mr. Shane Conto, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Come on, Shane. We need an impression. We need one more impression, Shane. Do it. You know how you are such a bad liar. Because Adam Sandler told you so. And you should come back and keep watching the Infinity Film Podcast. Wherever you can find podcasts, subscribe and follow. Because my buddies Rod and Ben are the best. Oh. <laughs>